Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's really cool just to see how much the city of Chicago, you know, the Bears organization, the Bears fans show love to a family that they barely even know. It is amazing. I love it. From NBC, NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Adam Ho. There's no ducking anybody in the NFL. It's like the Lions still have NFL players. And from the, from the Athletic, it's Adam Adam Johns. You know, hasn't Justin Fields done enough to at least pique your interest to see what he can do yeah. with them too? It's the Adams. That's the best in the city of Chicago. Hogan Johns. The Adams converge. And we are underway. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another Johns and Fishbane. Not going to say Hogan Johns. Still not here. How does Johns and Fishbane sound to you, Kev? Uh, Sounds good. We didn't get any taunting uh, pictures from Hoagie Cat today. He got a taunting gif from Olin Kruitz, though. Well, then maybe that's About his lack of neck muscles. Oh, boy. You know, when I signed up for this job... I did not expect that I would be liking tweets from Owen Kruitz uh, taunting my own podcast partner. And then I would get in on the taunting by sending my own gif of Adam Hogue's lack of muscle definition in his shoulders. Did not expect that when I signed up for this job. It's uh, journalism in 2022. (laughs) You didn't know what to say to that, did you? (laughs) It's what we do. Yes, but we're here. We're back. Um, welcome into another edition of Hogan Johns. He is Kevin Fishbane filling in for Adam Hogue. I am Adam Johns. You know the deal. Follow us on Twitter if you're not already. You could read us, the Fishman and I, at theathletic.com. I think there is a great deal going on, right, Kev? There is. There is a good deal going on. So click any of our articles. You'll see it. And, uh, go ahead and subscribe if you are not a subscriber. Is, is that that $1 a month deal still going I believe, on? I, th- I think so. Yeah. $1 Something like month. that. Yeah. $1. Check it out if you're not subscribed already. Uh, read Adam Hogue when he gets back at NBCSportsChicago.com. The merch, obviousshirts.com. Listen, watch on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. And Kev... Let's go. We got the combine coming up. We leave in a few we days. Do. You ready? Our first combine since 2020. And it looks warm. Yes. It, yeah. it, it, the only thing that, that uh, our readers and listeners care about more than journalists and press box food is <laughs> weather at the places we're going to be going. <laughs> but for like, I'm going to go ahead and, and talk about it because every year we go to the combine the last week of February, first week of March. And it is bitter cold, it is slushy, it is gross, and it's supposed to be in the 50s in Indianapolis next week, which means, and this is, I'm going to relate it back, John Z, to our loyal listeners and readers, you're going to get happier reporters, might lead to better coverage. Might lead. You're going to get happier coverage in general because we're back. We, we didn't are. have yes. the combine last year. No, no combine last year. It was, um, it was weird. Like we had like, you know, it's just... You know, we had a Zoom with 
Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace when the combine would have been. But the combine is not about, I mean, that's a part of it. We'll get to talking to Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, but most of the combine, that's the rumor mill. That's where you're, you're, you're digging late at night, early in the morning, trying to figure out who's talking to whom and, and, you know, what, what players could be been moved around and we'll start to learn about these draft prospects. It's a, it's a, it's a busy, busy week. I'm interested to see how they operate. Is, is Ryan Poles a late night guy? Like which Bears staff members, new staff members are late night guys? Because again, this this is the gossip mill. Everybody's out. Everybody wants to learn. Everybody wants to hang out. I think there'll be more hanging out because there was no combine last year, but no ice storm this year. 15 for now. Degrees. Yeah, let's for not now. let's not anger Mother Nature by jinxing it here, John Z. <laughs> be careful. All right. So let's talk about free agency because that's how that's the, this is the unofficial start of free agency. Monday, Sunday, some teams go in Wait there a second. Wait a second. The NFL says that you cannot, teams and agents are not supposed to talk until March 14th. They're, you, are you telling me, <laughs> Adam L. Johns, that these, that these teams and agents are going to have start having these discussions earlier than the NFL designs for? Yes, 100% absolutely. <laughs> what a world. Absolutely. What a world. So I, I wanted to start with this for the Johns and Fishbane podcast. Let me read you this quote. Read, read everybody this quote from our sit-down with new Bears GM Ryan Poles from last month. This is what he said about free agency. And I quote, Be selective in free agency. Really attacking that second and third wave of free agency where you could get good value. And the beautiful thing is you get players that are highly motivated in that area. I think we could all agree if you get thrown $100 million, it takes a special human to show up in a physical game and put the work in to be great. So there's a ton of value there, end quote. And there would mean the second and third waves of free agency. Kev, we just did our first free agency primers, have you? Call it that if you want. Uh, this week on the Athletic, be sure to check it out. When you hear that, when you keep that in mind, I should say, which players come to mind as we enter the combine week? Well, I, I think what's interesting about that, Johns, is there's a practicality to that because as we talked about on Tuesday's show, the Bears have a lot of spots to fill, and and if you give a guy forty million guaranteed. It just makes it harder to fill some of the spots. I mean, we we just we have a story up to, uh, Thursday morning about the defense, right? You do not have a starter at outside corner, slot corner, uh, Sam linebacker, Mike linebacker, for to assume Roquan Smith's your will linebacker. You don't have a three technique. Um, you don't have a starting safety opposite Eddie Jackson. And we don't really know 100% what they're going to do with Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn. That's a lot of starters you got to find. You can't find all those guys in the draft. You can't find all those guys in rookie free agency. You got to find some in free agency, and that's where you can find some of these younger players. And, and I think uh, before I, I answer your question, who was Ryan Pace's best ever free agent signing? Oh, Akeem Hicks. Yeah, and Akeem Hicks. It, it was an early. It was like early-ish in free agency, but it was a kind of a second-tier signing. It was a low risk low money deal um and and we Which saw what Hicks Hicks turn into a second deal with the bears exactly so i look yeah. let's start at wide receiver right because i mean everything I, I don't even want to talk about Devonte adams like there's no way he's getting out of green bay no. right no okay but you so you go down and we saw the wide receiver market last year was a little bit lower than everybody expected 
And we talked about Allen Robinson, the last Allen Robinson, in the last podcast. You and I talked about a couple guys coming off injuries: DJ Chark from Jacksonville, Michael Gallup, Dallas. You know, are those the type of guys that aren't going to cost as much because of those injuries? Are not you know considered these? Frankly, Allen Robinson type, Devonta Adams type, certainly receivers are those the type of guys that Ryan pulls targets um, because the, like the the, the the money the money's just not going to be crazy for them, and they still have a lot to go. I love John C. Getting these guys that are coming out of the rookie contracts. They're twenty six years old, 25, 26, 27 years old, and you, you still aren't sure if that like there's still more for them to potentially reach, like we saw with the Keen Hicks. The receiver market is extremely interesting because of those injuries. Like the guys that would be in line for major deals, if you want to call it that, have injuries. Chris, Chris Godwin, is he not a free agent too? Correct. Towards yeah. ACL? Yeah. Uh, I would think that the market would start with him, but there's injury concerns. DJ Shark, injury concerns. Michael Gallup, injury concerns. I, I don't know where... Ryan Poles' stomach is for such injury concerns, and that's one of the many things we're waiting to learn about him. Like, Ryan Pace had a stomach for that risk. Signing Allen Robinson, what was it, three years, $48 million deal? Yeah. And I, Good I think move. You say that, I think you say it worked out. Good move. Yeah. Yeah, kind of fell apart at the end, but first couple of years, great move. Looked good. Yeah. Highly productive. Turned his career around. I don't know what he's going to get this year on the free agency market because of what happened last year, but well, I don't see a situation where he returns to the Bears. That's what I'm trying to highlight again, but right uh, and, and, or and what I his think, market will be. And Pace, I think, in, you know, he he also did sign guys that you look at their you know their stats. They started 16 games four years in a row. Like he also seemed to at later on in his tenure value guys like that. But then you never know, right? Like, Dan Trevathan didn't have a ton of injury issues in Denver, if I recall. I think he had one year where he was out a little bit, and then and, and the injury bug got him a lot when he got here. Um, so you you have you, you, you always are going to have certain risks. Another receiver I'll throw out there, John, is when you talk about the second wave. How about Marquez Valdez-Scantling? He was a big play receiver, and Luke Getz is going to know him better than any other offensive coordinator right now. So, you know, is that somebody that, that the Bears take a look at? You just look at the Bears receivers. You have Darnell Mooney. And that's it. That's it. That's it. Daz Newsom, a couple of guys on reserve futures contracts. And, and Daz Newsom's a good guy to bring up because as we go through this, we have to remember Ryan Poles did not draft Daz Newsom. Like, there is just no connection anymore to any of the guys. You know, so I know like fans got so excited about Daz Newsom late in the season. They wanted Thomas Graham Jr. out there, all these things. There is nothing. We have no idea how Ryan Poles and the, and the new personnel staff and certainly the coaching staff feel about these guys. That's why they're going to throw money at receiver. How much? I don't know. But they have to sign somebody. Well, we More than somebody. Tw- we talk about 2018, right? First year of a new coaching staff. What do they do? They signed Al Robinson and Taylor Gabriel and then they trade off for Anthony Miller. So we could see a similar, just based on what they have at receiver, You know, we could see a similar type of aggressive maneuvering where you sign two starters, um, and, and, and then you still draft a guy. Because you know, we'll, we'll get to prospects later on, and certainly with a lot to do with it later in March and April, 
but there's a lot of receivers in that second round range that I think the Bears are going to, you know, have they're going to have those options. And I remember wondering after they signed down Robinson Taylor Gabriel, well, maybe they won't go get a receiver, but they still did. And Anthony Miller had a really good rookie year. I mean, things fell off after that. I think he led the Bears in touchdown receptions. He did. Yeah. A lot of things fell off the yeah. tracks after that year. Yeah. Many yeah. things but did. I think if you go from receiver to offensive line, and we've talked a lot about how Ryan Pulse feels about the offensive line, the question is, it's similar, right? What do you do there in terms of the money you're willing to spend and the type of guys you you're gonna you would want to bring in? I'm glad you mentioned Danny Trevathan and Akeem Hicks because what Ryan Pace did in signing those two players who became defensive standouts, at least, okay, standout might be a strong word for Trevathan, but starters, starters for your defense, especially that great year in 2018. There's always risk in free agency. But the Bears offset that risk by signing players they knew well. Obviously, Danny Trevathan was familiar with John Fox. Akeem Hicks, Ryan Pace knew him well from New Orleans. There were connections there. That's what made Allen Robinson so interesting because there was risk involved with that injury and that lack of previous connections. So that's why Marquez Valdez Scanling stands out to me. They have that connection with Luke Getze. That's why on defense, Anthony Hitchens, the linebacker, stands out to me because there's connections not only to Poles, but to Matt Eberflus. This is an Eberflus guy. Xavier Rhodes, cornerback. You need a starting cornerback. You listed all those defensive needs. He was the starting cornerback for the Colts for two years. Those names stand out to me because their familiarity. Their connections to this coaching staff. I don't know how you feel about that. I don't know if Ryan Poles even believes in that. Well, in that, well, we don't know if he believes in that, and we also don't know what what is Ryan Poles' evaluation of Anthony Hitchens, right? You know, what is Luke Getz's evaluation of Marquez Valdez Scantling? Because you know, it's not like Luke Luke Getz didn't draft him. He just knows him well. Um, so there, there is we, we we play connect the dots, but we just don't know how these guys feel about them. I think. Rhodes is interesting to me because I think he's a perfect one or two year deal. He can work with Jalen Johnson, understanding what Ibrafus wants out of his corners. He solidifies that outside corner spot for you. He was really productive in Indianapolis for two seasons. Uh, he knows the NFC North pretty well from his Minnesota Vikings days. Um, so I, I think that type of move is a no brainer. Another guy I'll throw out at you uh, is Anthony Walker. You know, Walker played for Matt Eberflus in Indianapolis. He was the middle line, Mike linebacker, middle linebacker. And, and and he had, you know, talking to our Colts guys, uh, Stephen Holder, Zach Heaver, they, they talked about Walker was a leader there. And and that's somebody who could help show the younger players or the returning players, this is how you run this defense. This is what you do in this defense. Walker played for Cleveland last year. And, and, and look, John, the other thing about Anthony Walker, we know he got a great education. Anyway, moving on from your Northwestern. I, I think the point is you need like examples of the veteran buy-in, right? Because they, didn't we just talk about this at length in terms of the hits philosophy, the loafs grading system, Rhodes, Hitchens, and your guy from Northwestern would be examples of veteran buy-in. Guys who are familiar with that grading system, guys who are familiar with being involved with such, with such messaging. I think Matt Eberflus 
not only would want that, but needs that for his defense. Even though he may have established leaders in Roquan Smith and even Eddie Jackson, Khalil Mack. He needs guys who are familiar with the system and messaging. Yeah, and I think that that just helps that bridge, right? That transitional period yes. to what you're doing. And the thing is, is these, like... You know, I, I want to be careful about using the rebuild word, right? Because I don't think the Bears are going to categorize this publicly as a rebuild. Um, you know, teams just don't do that in the NFL. And I, I think that the and the Bears have enough blue chip players that they're going to, and they've got a, a guy, a quarterback on his rookie deal that they're not going to want to start over right now. They want to try to be competitive. You know, let's say this team is good in a playoff contender in 2023 or 2024, right? The, the guys we just talked about don't necessarily need to be a part of that team, but they could be a part of this year's team and they could be one of the reasons that a guy like Roquan Smith buys in to everything and excels in his new role. The guy like Jalen Johnson really steps up because he sees the way that Xavier Rhodes or, or, or another veteran corner uh, is doing what he's doing. Whoever you draft um, to play wide receiver, um, all these different things, these guys can help bring some of these younger guys along and, and look when Dane Trevathan got here in what 2016 and he was a big help to Roquan Smith in 2018 in terms of learning Vic Fangio's defense and and like it was great for Roquan Smith to have somebody like that so I think it is important to bring in you know use use look we talked about on the other episode they have cap space you can use it on some of these middle tier guys fill up your roster fill up with dependable starters and who knows? You could get into Keem Hicks, right? You could get that flash in the pan from one of these guys who has a great season, and then and then that guy could be a part of your team when you're going to the playoffs. Xavier Rhodes, Anthony Walker, Anthony Hitchens—they would be part of that second tier of free agency, were they not? Third wave of free agency, maybe. I mean, Rhodes resigned. I'm on spot track right now. Resigned with the Colts. On a one-year, $4.77 million contract. The Bears could do that. They can honestly do the same exact contract. Yep. I'd view him as like the Prince Mukamara signing, but with more connections to Matt Eberflus that you need. Because correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Prince had any connections to the previous coaching staff when he was signed. He just had a good reputation. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, you, you again, you, you need you need guys like that. I mean, this defense, the back seven, right? Because for now, you have Mack and Quinn up front. That back seven, you just it's you know you you can rely on Roquan Smith, but you don't know who else is going to be starting there. You got Jalen Johnson, but he's only a third year player, really young. Like you, you just need guys to kind of help implement what this defense is supposed to look like. If you're Matt Eberflus, you know you need to get younger in certain spots. But you also need to recognize that it's not going to happen overnight. And if you watch the film of some of those younger guys the Bears had, Kindle Vildor, I mean, what are you thinking to yourself? You're thinking to yourself, I wish we had more draft picks. And let me tell that. you, Johns, um, I did my first uh, Bears mock, just playing with one of the mock draft machines yesterday. It's really boring when there's only five picks. <laughs> I'll get the first to that. pick isn't to the second round. We'll I, got get no, that, I got notes on that, actually. Good, good. I, I think I may uh, say some things that you may not actually like. Ooh. We'll see. 
little little tease there. Well, but, we already know it's a bad draft because there's no Northwestern players expected to be drafted. Really? Yeah. And it's two Northwestern Nuggets. I think I've exceeded my 15 seconds. You have, yeah. By a lot. By a lot. I'm just yeah. kidding. But you looked at Kendall Vildor. No. Artie Burns? No. You actually have some money to spend. Xavier Rhodes almost makes too much sense. Did the Colts want to lose him? Probably not, but the entire defensive coaching staff almost left Indianapolis to join Matt Eberflus. Why not a few players? Or one player? Just a thought. Good thought. I also think we should clip that uh, Kindle Vildor. No, I want I want that. <laughs> no, no, Kent, no. Kent, Kent, <laughs> cut that. Clip that for uh, actually. For promo, there, promo there's a much better. Reasons. See, this is like where Adam that. Hogan is soundboard need to come in. You know, yeah. not be on vacation because there's a great clip from uh, a fan who left a voicemail about Kindle Vildor, <laughs> which is by far my one of my, one of my favorite messages ever left. Um, I wish we had. All due respect to Kindle Vildor, I, I you know. He's still he young. A, yeah. He could be a backup and a special teams guy for you. Thought Why not? At, at, mo- at moments, he showed he showed something. You know, you mentioned slight cornerback. How about this? Thomas Graham Jr., Duke Shelley, Kendall Vildor, and some free agent signing, or maybe a potential draft pick compete for that slot cornerback spot. Why not? Yeah, I want to sign somebody. Like a veteran? Yeah. Isn't that like that? We, do we hear like how important that position is to Eberflus? His defense. We heard we keep hearing about uh was it Kenny Kenny Moore in uh in Indianapolis. You know who's available? Bryce, Bryce Callahan. Callahan. Yeah. Mm. And all of his injuries. Yeah, lots of injuries. Nice guy. I think Cal Fuller is also still available. Cal Fuller is available. What <laughs> a be- bad year he had in Denver. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, 
maybe with a Hogan Johns pull or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to Roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Any other free agents that stuck out to you as you went through while we as we compiled our primers? Just to remind everybody, free agency officially begins on March 16th, but the combine is next week. And then you have the at three-day window where all the deals really get done, at least in the first wave of free agency. Um, owners meetings are at the end of March too. So the, the full NFL schedule is back, off-season schedule. Uh, I'll throw a couple more connections at people, and they can read more about this at The Athletic. Um, quarterback, do if they don't keep Nick Foles, you need a backup quarterback. There are a couple backups with connections to the staff. You got Tim Boyle, play with, Getsy in Green Bay, Sean Mannion, play with quarterback coach Andrew Janoco in Minnesota. Um, but to me, Johns, I think the most interesting thing about free agency is going to be, well, maybe not. I think wide receiver is probably number one. Corners up there. Offensive line is the most interesting position of the whole offseason. Because as we talked about Tuesday, we just don't know what these guys think about what they're inheriting. And how aggressive is Ryan Poles going to be as he want because he's going to want to build an offensive line that reflects him and, and, and what he sees a, a guy's got to be to play those spots, right? So you could so is Tevin Jenkins a guard or a tackle? Is Larry Borum a guard or a tackle? Is James Daniels going to be re-signed? Is Cody Whitehair sticking around? Um, I imagine you're bringing in competition for Sam Mustafa at center. All those things, you know, will dictate what they do because you know they. Who knows? What if that's their splurge? What if there's a tackle or a guard or a center that pulls loves? Like, how about, and again, totally throwing this out there, Ryan Jensen. Bears fans should know him well because anytime the Bears play against Ryan Jensen, he 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 gets somebody on the Bears to get a 15-yard penalty. Very good at that. But Jensen Bears is also very he, good at committing penalties. Yeah, he plays, I feel like, the way that Ryan yes. Poles wants his guys to play. And he's been a solid center in this league for a while. Super Bowl champ with the Bucks, played for the Ravens. You know, maybe at this point in his career, he's, I don't know if he's breaking the bank. Uh, maybe he doesn't want to go back to Tampa with, with, if, if that team's kind of in flux. Like, again, I'm just saying, like, if you go big at on the offensive line, is that the type of guy to set the tone? Or is there a tackle? That matches that. Are you are you going? Are you saying we are not committing to Jenkins and Bormas or starting tackles? We're committing forty million to this guy, and we're going to make our stamp right here. Ryan Pace made a stamp on at with Pernell McPhee, his first free agency. That was his big signing. And and Poles, it could be receiver, but I, I like the offensive line just intrigues me so much because there's so many directions he can go. And Ryan Poles is former offensive lineman. Of all the things, like you create lists of things you hope to learn from Ryan Poles when he meets the media in Indianapolis, right? And I want to know where he views Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum playing. He may not come out and completely say it, but I guarantee you he has an idea. 
has to have an idea going to the combine where he envisions them playing. He may give you some answer about versatility because he's got to protect himself just in case certain plans don't work out. But he would have an idea going to the combine because of the free agency conversations, because of all the agents that want to meet with him, because of the draft prospects they're about to interview, measure, get medical evaluations out of the combine. He's going to have an idea, at least in his mind, of where he views Borum and Jenkins playing position-wise, or at least an ideal situation for those guys if he can make it come to fruition. And I would think Larry Borum would actually be a guard for him. Here's the follow-up. Will Ryan Poles tell us? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, selfishly, I hope so. I'd like to start this new regime. Well, well that would make him different a, than, than, than Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace yeah, would protect his, his cards. Yeah, but. and I think and, and Ryan Pace did, he valued, really, really valued the versatility. There was an owner's meetings one year where Nagy told us at the owner's meetings that they were flipping... Um, or moving Whitehead, there was something that he told us. I remember at the owners' meetings. Um, but yeah, this is the you know because to me it's like there's no seat. Like just tell us what position you think they're going to play. Yeah. Well, and by the time you get to the owners' meetings, free agencies, free agencies. Yeah. So it's passed. Yeah. So you're, we'll, we'll, you're we'll get the a, sixth and seventh waves. But if you you want if we want to talk about you know from a and this is a little bit inside journalism, but this is you know this is the way the fans can learn about the team is through these combine media availabilities. And if Ryan Poles is going to use his to just kind of deflect, um, you know, fans aren't going to learn a whole lot about his direction, his vision, you know, the, uh, the needs and, and where this team can go. And, um, or maybe he goes out there and says, Hey, uh, Larry Bourne, we like him at guard. We think Tevin is a right tackle. Um, and we know that we have to find a left tackle at some point, uh, this off season. And I don't think that, 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 I don't think that hurts them. You know, does an agent, you know, jack up the price because Paul says that? Aren't they I just mean, going to do that anyway? Exactly. They're going to know it. You know, Ryan Poles is going to tell uh, you because because if he wants to sign a starting left tackle, they're going to know. So, again, I, I'm hopeful that that this new regime, um, you know, I understood why they didn't say much at House Hall last month. They just they just started. Like there's only so much that they wanted to get into there. But now is a time where they can hopefully feel comfortable saying, This is where we see some of these guys. These are some of the positions that we're really going to be looking at. I think it's going to be partially refreshing where because we had a few of these combines, other than like twenty nineteen, right? Where there's no quarterback scenarios that need to be like thoroughly evaluated. You know what I'm saying? Like a couple of years ago, you were, who were we talking? We were talking about Andy Dalton. We were talking about Nick Foles, guys who eventually played for the Bears, you know? Uh, like what moves are they going to make? This was coming after the 2019 season. You know what I'm getting at? So that was 2020, that combine. Mm-hmm. And there was a yep. lot of buzz about that stuff. Oh, it's all, it's all we were talking about. It was, what are they going to, you know, I think I actually looked, found our story, Johns, from that combine, which was, what we're hearing about Mitch Trubisky and the Bears. And it was it was what people were saying about Mitch and what people were saying about the, the different quarterbacks that they could consider bringing in. And if there was a combine last year, it would have been, okay, who are the Bears going to sign and how aggressive are they going to be in the draft at quarterback? I mean, the only combine where 
it wasn't a conversation was the what the 20 after the 2018 season so 2019 yeah where mitch was coming off his pro bowl or his yep. alternate pro bowl appearance and yeah. even then there were doubts about him the, the funny remember, thing is yeah. Go, the, the ironic thing is that Mitch Trubisky's name is going to be the most popular at the Combine. I guarantee <laughs> yeah. you that. He's going to, yeah, there's going to be a lot of... Uh, it already is. Yeah. No, it's um, you know, good, for, and good for Mitch. Yeah, and I remember at the 2018 Combine, I was sitting there at Deshaun Watson's podium. Then I went to Mitch Trubisky's podium. I went to Patrick Mahomes' podium. Although, in you know, revisionist history, there wasn't a whole lot of talk about Patrick Mahomes. Certainly not in the light that we now know what type of quarterback he is at that time. Um, Deshaun Kaiser was still a name uh, at that as early as that at that 2017 combine. Um, the year before that, you know, and then it was Mike Glennon. Those conversations about Glennon bubbled to the surface during that 2017 <laughs> combine. <laughs> I still remember getting that that tip about Glennon a few years ago. Like, oh, hey, look out for Glennon and the Bears. And I'm like, I really. Really? Okay. It happened. Yeah. It happened. That happened. I think the only lingering Bears quarterback question heading into this year's combine is, does Nick Foles really want to be here? Well, maybe uh, in the late nights in the bars and hotel lobbies, Ryan Poles can find a trade partner. I would say, well, <laughs> you can hope. Um, you can get I don't a bag of footballs. Foles, do you think Nick Foles wants to be here? I don't think he does. No, I don't think he wants to be here. No. No, I mean the man was his his last news conference with us. I mean he was like angry. Yeah, I don't I don't think he wants to be a part of this organization anymore, even with the new regime. I don't think he wants to be in a situation where he's mentoring a young quarterback and his only chance to play is if that guy gets hurt. But I granted, don't think Justin Fields got hurt a few times last year. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, no, I, I don't think there's a situation out there where he's the unquestioned starter. No, no, definitely not. But but there's enough guys in the league who, well, who who's the Chiefs' backup? Is it still Chad Henney? Might be. I couldn't. Tell I mean, do, do, like you know, you look at the connections, right? Jacksonville. Does he go back there? Does he where go Doug back Peterson there? Is, <laughs> you know, Indianapolis's quarter. You know, that's where he wanted to go. Was Indianapolis, and, and we don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. This offseason, that's a huge question mark. So I, I got to imagine Nick Foles wants to be with a coaching staff that, you know, has a system that fits him. And, and then he could because I feel like if he's going to be working with a young quarterback, wouldn't he rather work with a young quarterback on a system he's comfortable with as opposed to having to learn a brand new one? Yeah. 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 And here's the thing, though, from like the Bears perspective, releasing him doesn't exactly save you any money. No, no, it doesn't. I mean, what that's a, why. That's why I said, you know, maybe you could find some. Like, could you trade him for a seventh round pick? <laughs> We've been talking about that for a long time, and nobody's nobody stepped up. And I will tell you, Adam Johns, you know that I'm going to be pounding the table saying the Bears should draft a quarterback. I do it every year, and I will do it again. The Bears should draft a quarterback with those five picks. One of them, yeah. Get an extra pick in the seventh round. Take a flyer on somebody. All right. You want to talk about those picks? Sure. So here's a fun fact. I don't think Ryan Poles is completely alarmed by his situation. And I'm not sure if this is we're going to learn how different he is from the GMs that he's worked with. 
Because if you look at the Kansas City's drafts since 2017, every year since 2017, the Chiefs have only, have only drafted six players in each year. That's it, six. They draft pretty good players. Hmm. Well, I think I think they drafted Patrick Mahomes, and that that helps, right? <laughs> you know, but I, because they, they did they did have a bad draft in there. They've had a couple. Actually, and that's why they've had to splurge and 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 make trades and stuff and be aggressive. In the offensive line, and and free agency. But I, I was struck by, like you look, like we talked about the Rams on this podcast not too long ago because they don't have first round picks. They don't like using first round picks. You know what? You know, other team does hasn't had a lot of first round picks in recent years. The Chiefs hmm. did not have one last year. Did not have one in 2019. Did not have one in 2018. Of course, they drafted Patrick Mahomes in 2017. Didn't have one in 2016. You know, that's that's recent history. You know, the first round picks fill in after that. But in recent drafts, their drafts haven't started with first round picks. And this is the team that Ryan Poles is coming from. Well, to echo our friend and colleague, Shil Kapadia, who wrote a great, um, you know, 10 suggestions for GMs and head coaches during the offseason. One of those was don't think you can be the Rams. I'm paraphrasing a bit. And well, here's the thing about the Bears and Ryan Poles. If Ryan Poles is a true believer in Justin Fields or if Ryan Poles is a true believer in Luke Getzey, then I think it's I think he might be okay, as you kind of said, without having those first round picks. Because that's what she was pointing out. If you have a generational quarterback, or if you have a master schemer on offense, like Andy Reid and Sean McVay are, then you can get by without having those first round picks. Master schemer, master schemer. I like. That. You gotta be careful with that. Let's go through their second round picks. This is just the Chiefs linebacker Nick Bolton last year. Uh, last year in 2020, they, Nick Bolton <laughs> never heard of him. In 2020, they actually had the 32nd overall pick, obviously because you know they won the Super Bowl. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the running back, which is interesting because teams value running backs differently. They took one in the first round. Their second round pick was another linebacker, starter for them, Willie Gay Jr. 2019, number 56 overall, Nicole Hardeman. And then number 63rd overall, Juan Thornhill. Um, I just think in general, it's just very interesting that every year since 2017, they've only had six draft picks. And Ryan Poles is starting with five. So, of course, I'm of, like, trade back. Get more picks. You have a lot of holes in your roster. Have more swings at filling those holes on your roster. But look at the Chiefs. Not many draft picks. Not many at all. Yeah, and that, I mean, all that does is put the pressure on Poles to make sure he hits on the picks that he gets because you, you run through some of those guys that didn't necessarily hit on all those second-round picks. Yeah. Now, 2016 and 2015, they had extensive drafts, like big drafts. Yeah. 2016 was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 guys. Chris Jones was in that draft. Uh, Demarcus Robinson was in that draft. Tyreek Hill, great pick, was in that draft. Um, you know, it's going to be hard not to make so Ryan Pace... Right, these Ryan Pace comparisons, because that's that's the last time we had a you know a new GM here. But you remember 2015? I think they had a normal draft, and then 2016 they had like what ten picks? 
I want to say the Bears had. They had a the lot of Leonard, picks. The Leonard Floyd, Cody yeah. Whitehair year, where you also Cody got Whitehair, Jonathan Bullard, DeAndre Houston, Carson. DeAndre all together had a bad draft. Daniel for, Braverman. Oh, seventh rounder. Yeah, that one didn't pan out. But they receiver. had a lot of picks that year that they kind of, you know, that was something that Ryan Pace worked through during his first season, right? Because he traded, you know, he traded Brandon Marshall. He traded Martellus Bennett. He traded John Bostic. He traded Jared Allen. Um, you know, some of those guys were his first offseason. Well, Marshall, Marshall was his first offseason. Then during the his first season, Jared Allen got traded. John Bostic got traded. And the next offseason, Bennett got traded. So all those guys helped. So 2016, they had all these picks. So, you know, you could see Ryan Poles being in a similar scenario where uh, it might not be by trading veterans, but trading back this year, what have you. Maybe they only have six picks this year, but then next year they have eight or nine, and that could help set them up better. But the other thing, too, about this, John, is you have to be... First of all, you have to know what you have in Justin Fields at this time next year. And you also got to know, and and if, if he's the real deal, you got... Your, your, your window is short before short, small. You got a tight window. I'm not sure why. You're talking about the rookie contract. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. You got to, you know, you got to strike while the iron's hot. Um, so, you know, this draft, I would say like the next year's draft is crucial. More crucial. You know, if we're to assume it's going to take obviously fields and all these guys in this franchise a little bit of time to get to where they want to be. You know, the, the irony in this too is, is, like you go back to 2015, Ryan Pace's first draft. You just get rid of Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey was almost on the way out, right? You needed a receiver. Drafted Kevin White. Here you are in 2022 where you only have Darnell Mooney under contract. You're about to say goodbye to Allen Robinson. You need a receiver. You don't have a seventh overall pick, but receiver... At the top, just interesting comparisons, and we should probably stop with those. I think a lot of eye yeah. rolls at some <laughs> well, point. I, I think what what makes this different too is Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn, right? Like if if those guys are on the roster next year, it's just hard to it's hard to rebuild or or, or kind of say, hey, we're going to have a transitional six and eleven season. When you got guys like that who don't have much time left and are making a ton of money and are game-changing players at their best. Like, if you keep those two guys, right, and you have Roquan Smith, and you're feel and you you're able to build enough of a secondary, like, you have enough guys to make your defense, you know, in the upper half of the NFL. So... Are you talking about, like, draft positioning? Because here's my counter-argument to that. I'm not worried about draft positioning because if the Bears have no, any I, semblance of success next year, it's because Justin Fields did some good things. Correct. No, and I, I'm I not take saying that 100. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that like you can't like we got a tweet this morning from somebody. It's like trade Mac, trade Quinn, trade Roquan Smith, just start over. No, but I don't, they're not doing that. And, no and, team fully starts over like that. No, but be, and because you have like you know again, we'll we'll try to be careful with 2015 comparisons, but 2015 we all went into that season being like they're not going to be good. And that's okay. This year, if Mac and Quinn are on the team, I, I you know, that's enough for you to say okay, they could be competitive. And I don't think you can sit there and be like, you know, it's okay if they go 6 and 11. 
Like, I think you have to, you, you have to be in it. If you're going to be, you know, spend having guys who take up that much of your salary cap, who are that talented at the points in their career that they're at, um, like you, you gotta, you know, this is a team that's going to want to win. So I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm like almost putting it out there, John Z, because I don't think these guys are getting traded. I don't think they're getting cut. Unless Ryan Poles comes to, you know, look, Ian Cunningham came from Philadelphia, right? What Philadelphia do with Carson Wentz? They traded him and they took on what, $40 million of dead money? So maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they do, um, you know, maybe maybe they are willing to take that on, and they do want to start over. But I think if those two guys are on the roster, then that that changes your expectations, and that's okay. Before we go, any players that like are on top of your list that you're watching throughout this combine, not free mm. agents, but I'm talking yeah. the college prospects, soon to be draft prospect, the draft prospects. You get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm watching those receivers that yeah, people are, are talking about. Second, round. I, I, I'll tell you what, and this is Big Ten bias here because I watched him a lot. I love David Bell. I just about to mention Purdue. I loved watching that guy play, and and I feel like his skill set complements Darnell Mooney really well. Um, he's a go up and get it guy. He's not going to be. It doesn't seem like he's a first round pick. You know, he's not in that category. Um, so he could be there in the second round. So I, you know, someone like him, um, uh, what's it? George Pickens from Georgia, who Dane Brugler sent to the bears in his last mock draft. Um, so I'll be looking at the, at those second round receivers, trying to learn about their skill sets. But the other thing too, John, is we, you know, this is gonna be part of this process of what does a, what does Luke Getze want out of a wide receiver? What does Ryan Poles want out of a wide receiver? When we were at the 2018 Combine, we knew we had a really good sense for what Matt Nagy was looking for from a wide receiver. What does Matt Eberflus want out of a wide receiver? Right. Yeah. You know. So he's got to jump on the other side of the ball now. Yeah. So like that. That's that's the position I'm. I'm. I'll be kind of most most watching. Also, those are guys that just you know who you know some of those names. I just I I we what I love about Bears fans. I know there's a lot of fans out there who know the names of these second round offensive tackles and offensive guards and are really excited about them. Um, but I, I think the wide receiver just, it just feels a little, it's well, different. Well, yes. You got the 40 yard dash. I know the value of that is contentious and thoroughly debated, but it's something, something to talk about seeing linemen do drills and shorts. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Three yeah. cone drills. Uh, how about the uh, there, there's the, the Boston College guy, right? Zion Johnson, you know Boston College connection. Ryan Poles throwing throwing names out there. There's one. All about those connections. About uh, a Saint Elmo's connection, right? We're back, baby. You're back. I might be more excited. I, I am excited. Mm-hmm. I, am, I I I thoroughly enjoy the combine. Um, I thoroughly oh. Can I put? Can I be that annoying curmudgeon and put this out there here, Johnsy? It doesn't matter what prospect talks to what team <laughs> at the combine. I, I, it I had does a, not matter. Was it I on had, your list? I had an idea. Of, <laughs> let me let me just throw this out to you for you and everybody. I wanted to keep track of who was asked the most. You know, like uh, mm, mm-hmm. like team leaders of did you meet with this team? Like, so I always feel it's like the East Coast teams, like the Giants. Yeah, and the, Jets. the Giants, Jets, 
rate um, lions. I feel like there's a lot of lions questions for that. And just keep track of them, you know? Like, yeah. I just like, I <laughs> just can't. The questions. I, I, I remember at the combine one year at uh, Prime 47 Steakhouse, John Fox's favorite place. I remember talking to a scout and I was telling him, I said, you know, fans really like to know which prospect meets with which team. And he looked at me, he's like, are you serious? He goes, we talk to everybody here. Yeah. Like, yeah, they have specific guys that do the, the official interviews. The, for, the formal. Like, right. like did you formally but, meet with the, the Giants? Right. But they <laughs> at some point in Indianapolis, the prospects talk to every team. And they call it the train station. Not to mention, most of these prospects have already talked to every team while they were seniors in college. While they were at their all-star games. Oh, yeah. And then they will at their pro days. Like, I think by the time this is done, the Bears will have talked to at least 300 prospects. Yeah. And they can only draft five. (laughs) So if you're looking to try to guess who the Bears are going to draft based on who they talk to, good luck. And that's my that's my curmudgeon rant. Private workouts, there's all sorts. I I will say, I was was just going to say, Pro day private workouts of position coaches, I think, are noteworthy. I think the thirty guys that come to Hallis Hall are a little bit more noteworthy. Um, those 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 visits that come the in top April, thirty visits. Yeah, right? I think those are like those matter like a little bit more to me. Um, but the 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 team X talked to prospect Y. No, but but even in, in recent years. Teams send their position coaches out to to meet these players, and you get that I call it exclusive sit down interview with these guys over you know brief workouts. And they have coffee and lunch together. Like teams spend a lot of money, other than the Bengals, you know that works out okay. Like a lot of money and scouting these college prospects. We're we're position coaches, you know, rack up the the miles. Hotel points because they're sent around the country to meet with some players. I'm just already dreading the headlines going to come out Thursday morning. Purdue wide receiver David Bell meets with Bears at Combine. <laughs> click, click, Fish- click, 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 click. Kevin Fish- by me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have, right, maybe I'll have a little fun with it. Let's go. I'll see you in Indianapolis. My friend Adam Hogue will be there. You going to join us for one show? Is he going to keep his shirt on there? I hope so. I think yeah. there's like a, it's like a McDonald's. No shirt, no service. Remember those yeah. signs? All right. No, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a good reunion. Yeah. A lot of the a lot of our colleagues from the athletic. It'll be fun. We haven't seen a lot of them in two years, so it'll yeah. be fun to uh, reconnect. Pumped about it. Pumped about it. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for reading. Uh, read Kevin Fishbein and I at theathletic.com. Adam Hogue, when he returns on NBCSportsChicago.com, obvious shirts, you know the deal. YouTube, hit that button. And thanks. Kev, any final thoughts? It was a great week of podcasts, and I hope Hogue listens to these on his flight home from paradise with a shirt on. Please, please do. All right, that's it. See ya. See ya.